Hi everyone, my name is Amber. And I'm Kayla. And you just walked into a Best Buds book club meeting. So starting part four, the man who stayed dry in the rain. Again, just like every part that we've gone through this one starts again with an image and some description about it the image we see here is a heart sculpture and it's said to belong to the strauss portfolio that showcases the theme of a family so we're actually going to learn a lot about henry as a person because the main story is typically told from addie's perspective so all we really know about henry is kind of what addie thinks and what she sees sees of him did you kind of like that the author gives this whole section to Henry to kind of explore his character? Or would you have preferred that we kept kind of learning about him through Addie's perspective? No. I mean, well, yes. I, I like that we're seeing from Henry's perspective because there's a lot more to Henry. If we weren't seeing Henry from his perspective, we wouldn't be seeing his family. We wouldn't be seeing a lot of his friends. We wouldn't be getting a lot of his inner thoughts. Right. So it's very important because... He is a big like puzzle piece to this whole story and a big puzzle piece to Addie's story. So what was the question? Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. In part three, right at the end, we did learn that Henry does have a curse. But Henry was actually also born with a heart defect that was eventually physically fixed. But for whatever reason, Henry kind of describes his emotional heart as never being healed. Meaning he kind of feels too much. This is actually what he says in the book. It's not what I wrote. <laughs> and this causes Henry to turn to a life of doing anything and everything he can can to quell this brokenness inside of him. And it is crazy to kind of see Addie and Henry lined up side by side because we're actually able to compare and contrast these two key players in our story. Just kind of reading about Henry's story through part four. Do you feel like your feelings have changed at all towards him as opposed to just kind of knowing what we knew from Addie's perspective of Henry? Oh, I mean, yeah. Henry in the beginning seemed kind of like a D-bag. You think so? Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> it's our podcast. You can say whatever you want, huh? Um, yeah. He seemed like like kind of a, a, a D-bag. Okay. And um, as we started to learn more about him, we learn that he's a sensitive person, he cares too much, he's very emotional, and I think that because of that, he lashes out at people that he cares about, and especially now that he has this curse and everybody cares about him, Right. it's kind of reverted him. Because at first, he was sad because nobody cared about him, he wasn't enough, Yeah. and then he became enough to everybody, but not for being him, for being who they thought he was. And then that made him sad. And now he's just come, he's literally come 180. Right. No, he's come full circle. I don't know geometry. <laughs> I don't either. It's okay. He made a whole 360 degree circle, which means he started right back where he started. <laughs> he's, he's, he's done a 180. I honestly feel like. No, a 180 would be that he's completely different, but he, he made a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> okay he's made a, a perpendicular triangle he's uh, at least a um a trapezoid at this point <laughs> um so i feel like because henry was kind of never able to heal emotionally 
he sort of filters through his life without really having any plans in place for what he wants to do with himself. This is kind of beginning of part four before we even, like before he's even cursed. So even before he got this restriction of um, this curse is going to last a lifetime, Henry's always been concerned with time moving by really quickly. And I kind of relate to that because I felt like as I've gotten older, I feel like time is super fleeting and there's just not enough time to do stuff. So I'm like, dang, where's Luke when you need him? Maybe I can uh, get additional years. I don't know. I'm just saying. Will you not need your soul? <laughs> um, but it's kind of, done? <laughs> but it's, it's kind of sad to see Henry face this midlife crisis before his midlife has even <laughs> begun. <laughs> and then comes the relationships. So we have Sophia, Robbie, Sarah, Ethan, Jenna, just to name a few. But then Henry meets Tabitha. And if you remember from part two, we don't talk about Tabitha. No, no, no. (laughs) I have to do it. (laughs) We don't talk about Tabitha. But we're going to talk about her now. (laughs) Because she downright broke his heart when she rejected his marriage proposal. And this sends Henry into a deep spiral and what I feel like, it's my opinion, sets off a chain of events that honestly screws him over. Mm, I politely disagree. Okay, let's hear your points. I don't think his life was on the track to begin with. He was already in the ditch. Right. I think he thinks that the whole Tabitha arc is where he needs to be. And that's why after a few short years, somehow he doesn't realize that the relationship's not that great. Right. But I think he's, he's... convinced himself that it is yeah and this whole tabitha arc is just a band-aid and she rips it off and then he starts gushing blood i also agree with you i feel like henry has just not been on a good path from the start and he used tabitha to make him feel better about himself so once she who must not be named is out of his life We see Henry turn to drugs, he turns to alcohol, even to meaningless hookups and threesomes with strangers. And he does all of this because this is the only way that he's learned to cope with all of the feelings that he has, that he isn't good enough. But I think the E. Schwab does a really good job of making Henry so relatable because a lot of the inner turmoil that he feels is something that a lot of us face on a day-to-day basis. I was personally connecting with him the whole time. Right, right. I was like, boy. I could totally tell. The whole thing about school. Right. He hit me right in the heart. I mean, it hit me in the heart when he said blink and your, half your life's over. I was like, damn, that's so true. I feel like I graduated high school and my life's just been on a fast track to the end. <laughs> like, I just feel like I've aged exponentially, even though I'm only going to be 27 in two months. Join us next week for Kayla's funeral. <laughs> oh We're going to be holding a memorial service for Kayla next week. Right, because I will be 27 in two months, guys. It's crazy. You guys. You guys. You guys. One night, though, all of this changes for Henry. And after spending the night on a bender that leads him to the steps of his apartment building, he is greeted by a stranger who asks him what he wants. Yeah, no, it's obvious that, it's completely obvious that that is Luke. It's just, there's just no doubt. 
Yeah, who else would it be? I mean, and is there another darkness prowling for human well, souls? It seems like he showed up to Henry using the same skin. <laughs> skin. <laughs> the same. Is he Buffalo Bill? The same reptilian skin as he did with Addie. He's using Addie's skin. <laughs> you said, you've said skin. You've said skin so many times. You said it so. Feels like you said it like like sixteen times. And you just kept saying skin. I feel like you've made the word skin feel gross to me because you said it so many times. Skin. His. She's using. He's using Addie's skin <laughs> but, but yes um i actually did notice that as well that when henry kind of briefly describes what this stranger looks like it sounds like luke he has the same dark curly hair he's got the same green eyes um that's kind of weird though that he would be using that specific face Right? Because mm-hmm. he could literally be anyone, I'm sure. He could take on any persona. So why is it that he's specifically appearing to Henry, who becomes this key player in Addie's life, and he's basically dressed up like this lover, this quote-unquote lover from Addie's past? Because this is obviously an elaborate scheme. Right. Is it like a long con? It's a huge con. It's a big con. Huge Huge. It's a huge con. Huge. <laughs> yes. Because looking back at this chapter, Henry definitely did not pray to him. So it's not like when Addie conjured Luke by praying out to him and giving him the offering, which was her father's ring that he carved for her. So it just didn't really make sense to me why he appeared to Henry just seemingly out of nowhere. Well, like Luke said to to Addie in the beginning whenever Addie was praying to the gods yeah he's not like the day gods he doesn't need little trinkets to to do what she needs he plays by his own rules so when Addie used the ring I think it more so just became a reminder of her curse it more so was a talisman and I don't necessarily think it's because she was praying to him I think it was because she was begging for something and he was happened to be listening. Right. And he's like, ooh, this is a great opportunity. She's very desperate. That's what Henry was exuding is desperation. Right. He's at this very low point in his life at his wit's end. And he's like, what the heck am I supposed to do? He didn't necessarily need to be like, gods, listen to me. Please, somebody listen to me. All he had to do was be desperate. And Luke was like, oh, do I smell trouble? So Henry, not even kind of realizing what's happening or what he's doing, because this is 2013, where religion is not as prevalent as it was back in the 1700s, um, agrees to this stranger's weird offering, which is going to make Henry beautiful and lovable and perfect for a lifetime. And I think this is really different from Addie's curse, because obviously the one big main factor this is only going to last him a lifetime, whereas Addie's curse is going to last as long as she wants it to last. So she could be like a thousand years in the future. Well, Addie set her own parameters. Right. 
she's like, you can have my soul as soon as I'm done with it. And he's probably thinking, Luke's like, all right, I'll make that deal because I'm pretty sure you're going to give it up really fast. Right. Because if he would have been like, oh, I'll give you until the end of your life um, and then I want that soul, then there was a chance that she would have just gone to the end of her life. I don't think he expected her to last so long. Right. So. And I kind of feel bad for Henry because he was pretty out of it when this whole interaction was happening. He he almost didn't even think that this was all real. As we've seen with Addie, he could have kind of negotiated the terms of this deal that he was making with the devil, essentially. So I feel like Luke is the one who really won out of this situation because he's he lowballed him right he lowballed him and <laughs> said oh a lifetime and and here's henry like yeah a lifetime that sounds great like that sounds amazing not knowing that he essentially could have had more um and it was lifetime addy's lifetime <gasps> what? what that'd be sick Ooh. yeah well i don't know we're gonna have to find out back in the present day addy makes a startling revelation that again somehow luke has made a mistake because in both cursing Henry and Addie, he's given them both what they tr- really, truly want. And for Henry, it's to be seen. And for Addie, it's to be remembered. And this is super powerful and also kind of super tricksy on the author's part. Sneaky little horrors. <laughs> Trixies. Trixies. Yeah, that's why I put it in there. And with Luke kind of being all-knowing, again, kind of referencing back to what we've talked about do you feel like Luke is playing the long con or he, you know, isn't knowing that this is what's happening? Absolutely. It just seems ridiculous. No like, doubt. what enjoyment is he getting out of of kind of playing? It's almost like he's playing with his food. Like, <laughs> like, like, he eats souls for breakfast. Right. What, what's he like? I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. That's what I love about books. It's all speculation. How old is the darkness? How long has he been around? This could be like an hour for him. It's a fact. This could be nothing. This could be just like a moment in time. And he's just like, ha, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. So this part of the book does a lot of flipping between 2013 and present day 2014. Henry's curse, similar to Addie's, really ramps up quickly. So it starts with Henry's sister, Muriel, who we know he doesn't kind of have a close relationship with coming to his apartment and telling him how great he looks and how proud she is of him. And then it's the girl in the coffee shop who's never given Henry the time of day. All of a sudden, this sort of odd behavior happens with pretty much every person that Henry encounters. And at this point, he's starting to realize that this deal he made might actually be real because he woke up the next day from his bender, hungover, and he finds this watch on his wrist, doesn't even know where it came from. Talisman. And if that was me, right, his talisman. If that was me, I'd be like, um, what the heck is this? And why is there a watch on my wrist? And on the back of the watch, it actually says live well. Where did this come from? Why do I have it? What does live well mean? I feel like I'd be full of questions. And Henry is just like, hmm. yeah, okay. But I, I just wonder why Luke would give Henry a talisman and not give one to Addie. Well, the a talisman was the ring. I just said that like five minutes ago. Did you? Yes. I didn't even hear you say that. I literally talked about it for like a whole minute. I said that was her talisman. Oh, I did not hear you say that. That he took this item from her. He didn't need, she didn't need to use it to bring him to her. Right. But what he did was he used the ring. To bind her like 
curse to Maybe it. to bind the curse, but I think more so as a reminder, a talisman, something to to make sure that she doesn't forget what, what's happening. I mean, how could you forget? But right. something to remind her of Luke, maybe, and that her life, would, I, I don't know, it brings a very negative connotation to this this ring. Right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Like, I mean, did you I, think about it five minutes ago when I talked no. about it? I don't even think I heard you say the word talisman. I, well, used I mean, it I guess like three I, times. I, I'm not refer. I didn't refer to it as a talisman. So mm-hmm. maybe my brain just didn't put that all together. I almost kind of like made a prediction about the ring. Like maybe she hates it so much. And we actually see there's a part in part four where um, Henry sees the ring and actually goes to try to touch it and she like snatches it away from him and, and oh, yeah. drops it like it burned her or something well, and I just wonder if the ring like if Addie decides that she's done with her soul she's ready to give it to Luke is it like calling out to Luke like hey I'm done have my soul now or is it potentially putting the ring on and that signifies that she's done I don't know because she doesn't wear the ring she just carries it around but Henry's wearing the watch right Yes. There was a a time in the beginning of the book where she was like messing with the ring in her pocket and like she wasn't really thinking anything of it. But then all of a sudden now she is being very careful to not touch the inside of the ring. Right. Like it didn't, I don't think it was really on her mind before. So I don't know. I'm curious to know that. Yeah. I don't think putting the ring on will just end her deal. But maybe it does. I don't know. It would be weird if it does her dad's connection i don't know we'll yeah but you see. think in all those years she would have probably put the ring on or have worn it at some point right henry and his family have actually never really been on the same page with one another and so this family dinner that he has with them is actually the first time that henry gets to really appreciate his curse because all of his life he's felt really out of place amongst everybody but especially his family. And what's sad for Henry is that even though he enjoys the love and the attention from those around him, he's constantly being reminded that this love and attention isn't real. And this is happening through that weird, icy kind of sheen that befalls everyone's eyes when they look or interact with him. Calls it the fog. The fog, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And this is obviously the way that the darkness is giving Henry what he wants, but he's also punishing him at the same time. So in your opinion, because, and I'll tell you my opinion after I kind of hear yours, but do you think that this is worse than Addie not being able to leave her mark on the world? Mm, Yeah. Because even though people can't remember her, she can still show her genuine self. Right. And people still see her. And like those brief relationships that she does make in between are genuine. Right. Even though they may be a little fabricated because she may know details that they don't know because she's met them multiple times. So she can really play on that. She can really manipulate the situation. But Henry doesn't have any way to not manipulate the situation. It's just automatic. And it's like he can't turn it off. Whereas Addie doesn't have to use the knowledge that she has. Or it could be. I don't know, actually. Maybe that's very similar. Addie's making these brief relationships. And if she wants to continue on with them, they're no longer genuine. Henry's are just never genuine. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally <laughs> agree. It's it's kind of like a double-edged sword for the both of them. Because like you said, at least with Addie, although they're going to forget, she remembers and she knows that at least the initial meeting between these people is genuine. I feel like Henry's is just a little bit worse because 
he has to like look these people in the eyes and Mm -hmm. he can just know that they're not intending to be now i don't want to say fake because they're not being fake they're they're seeing what they want to see out of him and it just feels like not real to him ingenuine ingen yeah it's ingenuine and i feel like if that was me in his shoes anything that anybody ever says to me basically for the entirety of my lifetime i'm just gonna question myself constantly and he does and and that's what's so hard about his curse and what's so different i think that's kind of where you see their personality split like their personalities are completely different right henry feels very guilty about the parameters of his gift at first he was like all for it he was like oh yeah this is great and then he started like realizing very quickly that I don't really know what these people think and it makes me feel bad and I don't like this. Whereas Addie, like as time went on, she started to use her gift to her advantage and she started benefiting from it. Right. That actually leads me into my next point. I feel like because of this fog in everyone's eyes, it really starts to impact Henry and kind of makes him question his own reality because he can never really tell when someone's actually interested in him for himself or because they're seeing a specific thing in him and that could be uh, a friend or a lover or a a son kind of anything but we do see henry go through um a mini relationship with the barista from the coffee shop who kind of ends up being a a smidge of a psycho even though i'm sure it's not her fault fault. right she's kind of being manipulated by henry's curse so i don't necessarily know that it's her fault um, and like a quick makeout sesh in the kitchen while the popcorn's cooking reconciliation with Robbie, who tells Henry that he's still in love with him. And then just to kind of top the crap pile that is Henry's life, Tabitha strolls back in and tells him that he is enough for her. And she actually tries to get back with him. And I just feel like at this point with everything going on, it, Henry's kind of at his limits and his He's met, like, the parameters of his curse, and it's just more that he can bear. He's already had such a hard life, and now he's basically, like, stuck in the Matrix (laughs) on the verge of, like, eating a steak made out of code and pretending it's real. Like, he's just like, I'm I'm over this. I'm just gonna, okay, you think I'm cute? Like, that's fine. I must be cute because you said that I'm cute, so... In the present day, Addie and Henry are actually visiting an interactive show called The Artifact. And a lot of these chapters are being told from his perspective. So even though we're in present day, we're still kind of seeing the story from Henry's perspective, which is really nice. So we get a glimpse of how happy he is to have found Addie and to have found someone that he can be himself around. He even says in the book that Addie's the first person he feels has ever seen him as in his entire life and to him she isn't just some girl that can see through this curse she's funny and she's smart and she's full of life even after living it for 300 years i mean i feel like how could you not be funny? i feel like i'd be exhausted after 300 years <laughs> well you're basically one more right what we've learned about henry's curse from part four is that again speculation We don't know all the parameters, but it's going to be for a lifetime. So I'm going to make the assumption that this means Henry's going to continue to grow old and will eventually die, but this curse is going to stay with him up until that point. Do you feel like Henry could have lasted in eternity with a curse like Addie has? Like, 
if, no way. Right. If he was given the opportunity to have longer than a lifetime. No. Would, yeah. That's what I was thinking no, as well. He couldn't I feel even like last he would have Right. I feel like he would have been like <laughs> Luke, here you go. Here's my soul. I'm I'm sick of this. I think he's already ready to give it up. I right. think right before Addy came into his life, he's probably like on the verge of being like, "Hey yo, Luke." Actually, he doesn't know his name's Luke. Yeah. But he's like, "Hey, hey yo, stranger from my porch. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> Please come take my soulie woolly. I don't want it anymore. Take it. Take it. What is that? Lord of the Rings. What scene? When Dumbledore comes back after finding out that it is the ring and he Dumbledore? has it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf. When Gandalf comes back after finding out that the ring is the one true ring. And I can't not take Frodo it tries to give it back to Gandalf. And he says, take it. And Gandalf's like, no, don't give this to me, you fuck. I called Gandalf Dumbledore. It's it's almost three in the morning. Leave me be. Okay. All right, let's go. While with Addie, Henry kind of thinks back and realizes that Addie is the woman in the different painting, sculptures, and literature across time that B actually showed him six months before he met her. And when Henry says Wild. that he... I know, that was crazy. When Henry says that he thought she could not leave a mark, she says, I can't hold a pen. I can't tell a story, but art is about ideas, and ideas are wilder than memories. So this is a direct callback to the night when Luke gets Addie thrown out of the salon. Do you feel like you would be content in only ever being an idea? Personally, it doesn't really matter because there aren't many instances where you'll have, as a normal person, have the opportunity to really make a mark on the world and right. leave an idea behind because unfortunately I am not a president or an astronaut or anyone of massive importance. So like in a hundred years, who's going to remember me? You matter. I know. But who's going to remember me and remember the things that I did? Unless I did something pivotal and I'm hoping that I do. I still have time. But personally, I, I don't think it matters if I am remembered. I think leaving your mark is a lot different than the way that you presented it, saying, like, I'm never going to be a president, I'm not an astronaut. But that doesn't mean that you don't have value to the world, right. you know? Your value could be, like, being a friend or being, I don't know, Aww, if you have Amber. kids. No, I'm not talking about to me. I'm okay. just saying in general. Okay, I mean, this is the Best Buds Book Club podcast. Mm. I mean, okay. Mm. Well, but no, anyways... Like, you know, like if, like if you ever to have kids or anything, like that's adding value. Well, I mean, if your kids are terrorists, maybe not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> your, kid, your kid's Ted Bundy, I mean. Probably right. Not. Value doesn't have to mean like that everybody in the entire world or 80% of the world knows who you are. Just right. be, being known doesn't mean that you're valuable. I mean, the Kardashian. No, I'm just kidding. Where? You're all over the place, my love. <laughs> no, I mean you can you can be significant but not valuable. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So I think that was a very good point that he made there. Remy's a cool guy. He makes a lot of cool points. He was a very scholarly dude. He was. Finally, Henry and Addie make it to the final exhibit, and there are kind of bowls with like paint 
down every aisle. So it almost seems like like a finger painting type situation. There is a sign, however, that reads, you are the art. Um, so Addie actually walks over to one of the bowls, dips her fingers in, and she begins to write on the wall. But of course, the writing starts to fade away. And Henry is watching her as this happens. And he can literally feel the sadness radiating off of her. And even though Addie's had literally 300 years to, like, get it together, girl. We know that this still hurts her because it's just, even though it's just a, you know, a simple thing, writing your name on the wall or literally just slashing it, whatever it is, it's something that she can't do. But what's so amazing is Henry actually goes over and dips his hands into the paint and tells Addie to use him as a vessel so they can draw together. Like, come on. Henry's like the boyfriend of the year right now. (laughs) He's like, I got you, baby girl. Let's do it together. And the crazy part is, is that the writing does not fade. It stays. Is it crazy? It is crazy. I just wanted to know. She literally, like puts her hand on top of his hand and i mean i guess right that's like a loophole would you call that a a loophole <laughs> ew <laughs> um no i don't want to call it a loophole that makes me feel really gross here is addy who again not only has fe- now found someone who can remember her but has potentially found someone that can carry on the story that has really been inside of her this whole time that she hasn't had the opportunity to let out and that's actually what they do they they literally go back to henry's apartment grab a notebook and henry begins to write addy's story wow i don't know why addy didn't think of it day one she'd be like hey get one of your notebooks let's let's make a story together when would she have ever had an opportunity to be like hey listen i can't actually draw right so can i like use your hand as a paintbrush when would that have ever come up (laughs) can i use your hand to finger paint hey um can you like hold my hand while i hold this pencil even in a regular relationship when would that ever happen unless your hands were broken or your fingers were broken (laughs) or like you were just incapable of writing i don't know i yeah i agree with you there's like literally no scenario in which that would happen but i'm really glad that it did because, again, Addie has now found another loophole and... Another loophole. <laughs> another loophole. <laughs> and through Henry, she's going to be able to finally put her story down. And this is actually where we end part four. Well, this has just been a gosh darn wild ride. It has been. And we only actually have two parts left. So, um, parts... Five and part six are the next two sections that we are going to be reading and we'll be covering in our next episode. And if you love books and you love the podcast so far, be sure to give us a like and a follow on social media. You can visit our website, bestbudsbookclub.com, to join in on our discussions, recommend our next book, read through our blogs, and also find our Instagram and Facebook pages. So again, that is bestbudsbookclub.com. And you can also listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. You're probably listening to us right now. Yeah, wherever you're listening to it, keep listening because we are going to be here next week with our final two sections of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And I'm super excited. And that's that.
Until next time. Peace, love, and books. Bye. Bye. Don't forget. He's like, forget what? Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no.